Guys, we have a huge show today. The first thing, we have an update for FTX holders. If you had money in FTX, we have an idea of how much money you're going to get back and when. We also have Richard Hart on the show later, and remember that he predicted this would happen, so he's coming on later. We also know who is behind SBF. SBF wasn't acting alone. We now know exactly who was behind him. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at which other exchanges could fail. We're going to look at which tokens are going to be affected. And then at the end of it, I've got some really good news for you. I'm, I'm not kidding. I really, in, in this in this terrible time, I've got some really, really, really good news for everyone in crypto. So I think today is going to be a magic show. Um, it's late. We've been late because of the, uh, the CZ uh, AMA, which was currently taking place, which is incredible. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a big show. Let's do it. We've got so much to cover. It's going to be a quick intro. Let's do it. Alrighty, 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 let's do this. Today, we don't have time for any long intros. We've got so much to cover today. It's going to be one of our biggest and probably most important shows. Um, a lot to cover, a lot to cover. What I need you guys to do is smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new to the channel. Our subscribers are growing like crazy, which is amazing. So much love to you guys. Also, like this content and share this content because we started late, so uh, it is what it is. Um, we do have Richard on the show later, which is going to be fun, I think. And um, I'm going to speak to him about other exchanges that may be going down. Um, we've got big updates on the Sam situation. We know who's behind Sam. We're going to talk about that. Um, it's going to be a jam picture. There's just, there's just so much going on. So let's go, 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 go. I mean, let's we could just let's start off with a quick look at the markets. Bitcoin is at 16,500. It was coming down before CZ's tweet that is effectively bailing out the industry. Uh, the main markets, traditional markets, not much movement down slightly, slightly, slightly after a, um, after a bad week, uh, after a big week last week. Let's quickly cross over to the SBF situation and just quickly get an update of, of where we are with SBF. I think the first thing is that he finally came out and tweeted. And he tweeted, he tweeted something which was uh, probably the first true thing that he said in a long time. Probably the first true thing that he said in the last two weeks. And that's that. He literally tweeted, what? And that's it. And H, and that's probably the the, the only uh, um, uh, true thing that that uh, that that SBF has, has has tweeted in in a long, long, long time. And if you think about what's going on here, we are going through absolutely crazy times. I mean, I must say, I've been trying to cover this from a journalistic point of view. I've also been on Mario Spaces and other Twitter Spaces trying to cover this. And what we have been seeing has been completely unprecedented, not only in in crypto, but I think in like many industries, what we've seen is unprecedented. Right through from, you know, if, if you go to the beginning and you go through to what they were doing, what SPF was doing with users' funds, to finally the um, declaration of bankruptcy, and bef even before the declaration of bankruptcy, this, the crazy stuff that was happening in the Bahamas. I mean, people paying, like Elgot Trading, admitting that he paid to be KYC'd in the Bahamas so he could draw his money, and actually people tracking his wallets and, and him withdrawing that. I mean, you couldn't script this. You really, really, really couldn't script this any better. Then we had a the Bahamas Securities Commission, which is like the SEC in the Bahamas, which came out with a media release and said, hold on a second. We didn't say that anybody can withdraw funds from MTN. It says the commission wishes to advise that it has not directed or authorized or suggested to FTX Digital Markets the prioritization of withdrawal from bah for Baham Bahamanian, uh, Bahamanian clients. So um, 
that's 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 crazy. That, that's crazy as to like what's going on. And now there is a massive cleanup that needs to happen because a lot of the biggest funds in the world, a lot of the, the smartest investors in the world um, were affected by this. People like SoftBank. SoftBank lost, I think, over $100 million. There's actually a list of, of all the funds that were invested in. These are the smartest people in the world. So the truth is that if you're cross with yourself for not seeing this, then don't be that cross with yourself because these are the smartest investors in the world and they didn't see this coming. And in fact, one of the people that did see this coming and warned everybody is Richard. I've got Richard in uh, in the back here. In fact, I think what we should do is probably start off with Richard and actually ask him about what's going, what, what's happening next. Rich, welcome, my friend. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this quickly. Uh, I'm going to let you have a... Ba- Hold on. Are you wearing a black t-shirt? I can change it. I got a neon t-shirt right here. Hold on. Well, were you wearing a black t-shirt? Is that because is that because your Caroline, your Caroline took your 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 outfit, bro? <laughs> Love it. Fabulous. I mean, it, it, what an I, ugly beast. I, I don't get what's going on here. I, I don't get what's going on here. He's wearing a black t-shirt. She's wearing his outfit. So look, look, Rich. I know you want to say I told you so. I know you want to say I told you so. So just hold on. Let me give you your two minutes so you can say I told you so. Just just a sec. Just a sec. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to play it. You people watching right now are going to lose millions of more dollars because you avoid the wonderful advice that I give you for free. Not your keys, not your coins. You got admin keys, you're going to get wrecked. It's that simple. It's that easy. Cryptocurrency was invented to get rid of counterparty risk. You are injecting counterparty risk by giving other people your keys. If you're giving other people your Bitcoin for yield, you're going to lose your money. If you're giving other people your crypto for yield, you're going to lose your money. We've got trustless systems now that remove the need for trust. Use them. This is what Bitcoin was invented for. So I, I try and save people. You people. So that was the first one. There were, there were many more. I mean, I'll, I'll show you one. More. Lots. There are many more. Great harm. So let's take FTX. Bruh. You have money in Celsius, pull it. If you have money in BlockFi, pull it. Or when you never get your money back, don't be surprised. Bruh, bruh. You people watching right now are going to lose millions of more dollars because you avoid the wonderful advice that I give you for free. Not your keys, not your coins. You got admin keys, you're going to get wrecked. Cryptocurrency was invented to get rid of counterparty risk. You are. You can fast forward that one a little bit. There's a little more at the end. Yeah, I've been singing the same song for you can lose your money know, since 2017. How many times does everyone have yeah, to lose your money? Yeah, you've been singing the same song 2017. It seems that people don't listen until it's too late. And now here we are, uh, probably with the biggest, I mean, definitely the biggest crypto scandal that the world's ever seen, right? I mean, it's the, there have been probably maybe bigger failures. Luna possibly was a bigger systematic failure. Uh, Gox was probably a... Big, a, a bigger hack, etc. If you if you take it at relative um, valuation, no, it was much smaller. Gox was way, way, way smaller. Uh, when people create problems, those problems get larger and larger as the market caps go up. So, like X percent of the total number of users of the system get scammed, and then the money in that X percent of users keeps getting larger and larger. So, when Gox happened, you know, Bitcoin had topped out at twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars because of the willy bot buying up the price uh you know it 
now with $69,000 or $20,000 Bitcoin, it's a 20x larger problem, at least. And a lot, a lot of Bitcoin was minted in that time as well. So the market caps are all just larger. So yeah, you're right. I, uh, I was right about everything. And I warned all of you. And you would all not have lost your money had you listened to me. But so many people don't listen to me. They think they're smarter than me. They think they're better than me. Even though they got in later, they produce less. They raise less for charity. They produce less self-help videos. They make worse price calls. I called the top on the day. I told the Bitcoin top on the day a year and a half ago. I said last cycle, the Ethereum top happened 27 days later. Guess what? Exactly 27 days later, the Ethereum top happened when Vitalik dumped on your heads and sent $50 million to Coinbase okay, of Ethereum and dumped it. And then the, the Ethereum Foundation dumped on your heads. And then everyone that he knew dumped on your heads. And you all got dumped on by everyone. But who warned you? Who gave you the heads up? Who gave you a chance? And who's done this more than one cycle? I did it in 2017 as well. Okay, so if people so listen, I guess, I guess that's the past. People should have listened. People should have listened. I think uh, it's not just the were... price. I mean, look, what does the price matter when you don't even have your keys anymore? Price could go up, price could go down. Doesn't matter to you. You're an unsecured creditor. You go last in line. When you yeah. send someone else your money, it's not your money anymore. It gets commingled with everyone else's crap. And to tell you the truth, you know, people talk about all the bad things FTX did. I'm not actually sure that any of what they did is illegal. When you give them your money, they can do whatever the fuck they want to do with it. And they do. And now it's lost. And so what makes you think that you deserve your money back? You're not a secured creditor. You don't have a UC1 form or UCC1 form. You're an unsecured creditor. And so, like, I just, I beg and I plead, literally beg and plead for you guys to take self-custody. Literally beg and plead for you guys not to buy scams. You all do it anyway. You spit in my face and you call me a scammer, the guy that writes self-help books and has raised $27 million for charity and gets the prices right for free all the time. I should be worshipped uh, in this industry. Yet everyone has more followers than me. Just blows my mind. Scammers. Three Arrows Capital, bankrupt. More followers than me. Uh, Michael Saylor, down $2 billion, More followers than me. SBF uh, is Sam Bankman-Fried. Just jacked everybody. More followers than me. What's wrong with you people? Do you hate money? Do you hate yourselves? Don't you want to accept the free advice from the winner, the grand champion? <laughs> Me, grand champion. No one close. Nobody. Okay, so grand champion, sir, uh, a few questions. Uh, first of all, do you think that FTX holders will get any money back? And if yes, what do you think? What do you think they'll get back? FTX investors, uh, not holders, FTX. It doesn't users. sound like it, man. Because here's, here's what's up. When a bankruptcy happens... The people that go first in line are the secured creditors. And other people that aren't you, the retail depositors, are likely to have superior preferential contractual agreements that in the event of default, they're going to make, get made whole before you. And the whole is so big that whatever assets they have that are of value, whether it's their customer list. So for instance, Lull, when Celsius went bankrupt, they published their customer list with everybody's names and their payouts. And so now you can go on-chain track everyone that was a Celsius customer and see which actual crypto balances are theirs because there's timing analysis. Oh, this yeah. guy got paid this amount. Oh, look, that amount was on-chain. Well, I guess that guy's that account. But you ever hear about Hex.com users getting doxxed? Nope. You ever hear about Hex.com users getting hacked? Only if they give away their keys in some retarded way by using a fake app or uh, just talking to a fake customer support that just messages them and they're like, oh, here's my private keys. It's, it's, 
I created the thing that literally solves yield generation while holding your own keys and gave it away for free to Bitcoin holders. And it went up in price 10,000 fold. Bitcoin dropped 75, Ethereum dropped 85, Hex dropped 95%. Standard basic fare. Now here's the problem with Bitcoin. How many people got Bitcoin to dump now? US government just says another billion dollars from the uh, Silk Road hacker. Right. Brand yeah. new, brand new, just happened last week, maybe a few days ago. Another billion dollars the United States government has to dump on your heads of Bitcoin, but they didn't get any Ethereum. They didn't get any hex. Michael Saylor, he took on leverage, told him not to, told him ladies, liquors, and leverage is how you get a smart man to go broke. Idiot. Bought the top, sold you the top, helped make the top. Now he's down 2 billion and took leverage. And, I, and what was his liquidation? 13K? On our way I there, buddy. Of, I think some of them were 4K. I think it's $4,000 and it's only on some of... It's only the, the, well, the stuff in the secured line. Very, very, very Why buy the top with leverage, bro? Yeah. Why? Why not just listen to Richard Hart and win? All right, so, so listen, in the interest of time, in the interest of time, let's just quickly talk about where you think we're going next and what the 11K big risk... 11K and pray. 85% drop is 10.350. I say 11K and pray because people like to front run my calls. So if magically, you know, I, I want it to hit my call. And so it was, it, it was easier to say 10K when we had a 65K top, we did the 6K, uh, the 6% 6 Judas candle to 69K for one single day. And uh, that puts us at 10,350 for a 69% drop. Just go into your calculator times 0.15 times 69,000. It gets you 10,350. So he's calling 10,350? Yeah, that's 85% drop. Now, truth be told, we could go more than that. That's where the praying comes in. Because now that money is getting more expensive for the first time in our lifetimes, for the first time in our lifetimes, money is getting more expensive. Oh, well, that's weird. We're used to infinite money printing. Nope. Prices of everything are going to keep going down as long as Fed keeps raising rates. Eventually, they'll cause enough jobs to get lost. I'm so smart. I'm so smart. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Ready for this? Wait, yeah. baby. The dual mandate for the Federal Reserve is that they try and make everyone have jobs and they try and keep inflation at 2%. And these two things fight each other. It's a lot easier to give everyone jobs when you're printing infinite free money. But when you make money more expensive to slow down the inflation, guess what happens? People start losing their jobs. So now you see 11,000 layoffs at Facebook. You see 20% uh, of everyone's teams getting laid off, 15% of Coinbase, 15% of everybody's getting laid off everywhere, basically. And so what the Fed is doing is, since their dual mandate is keep everyone employed and keep inflation at 2%, now that inflation is 8 or 9% or more, depending on how you measure it, they're going to bring inflation down by slowing the money printing, and they're going to sacrifice people having jobs. And so more people are going to be unemployed. Now, when more people are unemployed and they have less money, it's harder for them to buy stuff. It also helps bring inflation down. But basically, they're going to bring inflation down by putting you out of work. Kind of sucks. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an ideal setup, but that's their dual mandate. Their dual mandate are two things that fight each other print money like it's going out of style so that everyone's employed or uh, slow down the printing to slow inflation down, but then everyone loses their jobs. Okay, so Fed's going to tie Most of these jobs are fake, by the way. Most people's yeah. jobs suck. What, yeah, what I mean, I mean look, they, say that, they, they say that the jobless rate is getting, that there's more people that are, uh, there are less people that are unemployed. More people have jobs than ever before. And that's usually because most people have three jobs at the moment because that's the only way they can pay their bills. That's a fact. I don't know, man. I mean, I hear about a lot of layoffs happening. Yeah. So if if we had, 
I don't believe half of the government, what the government says. Okay, they're obviously not good at this stuff, which is why we had to invent cryptocurrency in the first place. If they weren't idiots and stopped printing the money like it was a joke, stealing the value of your money every single day. So they don't steal your money, they steal the value of your money, which is why your money doesn't buy anything anymore. Houses went up 3x in the last 10 years. Stock market went up 3x in the last 10 years. Yeah. Rolexes went up 2 or 3x in the last 10 years. Why? Infinite money printing. Rich, so, at, at 10500 would you be a buyer of Bitcoin? Bitcoin's garbage. I would never, ever, ever buy it, ever. Never. You buy Bitcoin, you're going to suck middleman D for the rest of your life. There's no on-chain exchange. There's no way to de-risk on-chain. So you have to suck middleman D and send them to your Bitcoin and be like, please, please send me a little credit on your system that says you'll wire transfer me pretty, please. And then sometimes okay. they don't. What about Ethereum? I know, when I know exchanges that owe people money. They don't give it to them. You send as many selfies as you want. Binance when is one of those exchanges, by the way. I know people that can't get their money off of it. Because? It's no joke. You can send as many selfies as you want. They won't give you your money. Good luck suing them. Good luck. You don't even know where they are. Yeah. So if, okay, if wait. You, Rich. everyone thinks, let me turn the volume Rich. up on you. Rich, on the day that Bitcoin goes to 10,500, are you buying Ethereum? Absolutely not. I would never buy Bitcoin again. I don't care what the price no, is. Ethereum. What about Ethereum? Look, I think Ethereum is a great project. I think Ethereum will flip Bitcoin within the next 24 months. Um, it does everything Bitcoin can't. You want to de-risk? You can do it on chain. You can get DAI. Now, is DAI perfect? No, DAI is not perfect. You still have counterparty risk because DAI is backed by USDC and USDT. And USDC and USDT have admin keys. And so at any point, those guys can go and invalidate all the coins that were backing the DAI. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. So I don't What's know why up? we lost I don't know why we lost you there. Sorry. Um, okay, so you I wouldn't be buying Bitcoin. You wouldn't be here? buying Bitcoin. I'm here. Are you? Are you there? Rich? I see me. Do you want me to rejoin? I see you. I see you too. You don't have audio. I hear you. Oh, good. good. Okay, I thought you lost me. Uh, okay, no, no, all good. So, okay, you wouldn't buy Bitcoin. You may no, buy Bitcoin's some. Bitcoin's trash, bro. You're down you... after holding five years. What are you stupid? You want to be down after holding Ethereum? five years? You may. You may buy some Ethereum. I never talk about my coins, never. But look, I think Hex is going to outperform Ethereum massively during the next bull run. I think Ethereum is going to massively outperform Bitcoin. And I think Pulse Chain will probably mass, you know, at least do as, as well as those. Okay. So, you know, as a founder, if you ask me what I like the most, it's the things I founded. Okay. Let, last question. Basically, why is Ethereum not going to run up as hard? It's just too heavy. So when I tell you that when Ethereum is going to flip Bitcoin, it means it's going to require a lot more money to move it. And when you need something that needs a lot more money to move it, it just moves less. So Bitcoin only did a 3x. It's all all time high. It went to 20K in 2017, and then it did a limp dick 3x to 69K. Guess what? I called that in Malta two years before it happened. I called the 60K top in uh, 2018 or 2019. That's how good I am. It's documented. Okay. I keep the receipts. Okay. Last question before I let you go. Who's yeah. going down next? Nexo probably. So I think Nexo. I think the last uh, the last margin lending, or rather the last kind of give us your coins and lull, pick up pennies in front of freight trains, get run over that's left is Nexo. And these scumbag what about, what about these scumbag losers that promote them, okay? These scumbag pieces of crap that promote you losing your keys and losing your rights to your money to pick up pennies in front of freight trains 
smack talk me. I'm talking about bankless. I'm talking about these, these dude, uh, this dude burst into tears. He paid a post and he said, oh, look, Three Arrows lost all this money and SBF lost all this money and Celsius lost all this money. Where did it all go? And I just went in a thread and I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? Dude burst into tears on live stream, man. Literally crying. Uh, oh, oh, scammers make all the money. I wasn't convinced that he was he was actually really crying. Like, oh, no, he was crying, I, man. For real. Yeah, There's a whole clip. Yeah. You watch the rest of it. He burst into tears like a little bitch. Because <laughs> he feeds his users into the fucking meat grinder. He makes money on his users getting destroyed. I'm trying to find the, the, the clip on your channel. It, it is somewhere in your channel, right? He's crying. Crying. Foundations. And that's like... They just keep on enabling the worst. Do you think that it's this... hard to justify what the hell we're doing here, man? <laughs> Do you think what this a loser? Is a layer zero problem? Is it a problem with kind of the social layer? Uh... It's like if we'll make these super cool <laughs> applications and then scammers just can leverage them better. Look at the ads in the bottom of the video. They're advertising shit right under the fucking video. That's like <laughs> they just keep on enabling the worst. Do you think you keep on enabling the worst? <laughs> yeah. So Richard Hart, the guy that made the 10,000 X coin he gave away for free, called the top on the day, two cycles, raised 27 million for charity and produces free self-help books. You're going to come at me. I'm the God of this industry. You can't come at me. These scumbags are the ones that feed you into the meat grinder. Now, I'm not going to say anything on this show, but I thought maybe every time I do an interview, I should start off with, did you promote Celsius? Did you promote BlockFi? Did you promote FTX? And that basically would terminate every interview because everyone promoted all that bullshit that everyone lost all their money on. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad to I say did. we've never had a, a Celsius referral link. We've never had a BlockFi referral link and nice. we've never had an FTX referral link. So thank God. It. Rich, listen, uh, as you know, you're a friend of, you're a friend of this place. You've, you. been a friend of, you've been a friend of mine and a friend of my show. Since Before you let me go, I got some good news for you. You want to hear some, some good news? news? Tell me okay. some good news. Eventually, Pulse Chain will launch. You all get a bunch of free coins. Second, guess what? When you see these exchanges that are bankrupt have no balances left, that's awesome. That means they can't sell the price down because they don't have any coins to sell because they already got hacked and given away and whatever the hell. And so the best thing, the best thing that could happen is the government dumps the bottom and gets nothing. And that these liquidations from all these overleveraged idiots that can't listen, they dump the bottom. And you rip the band-aids off. And then once these guys sell the bottom, maybe we hit our 11K in prey target. Maybe we go 600 bucks on Ethereum. I got to tell you, man, a 95% drop is doable on Ethereum. And 95% off of 5K is like 250 bucks, dude. Be the best day of my life. That, that day is the best. Uh, that day is, is the day that I sell everything and, 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 and actually buy stuff. Listen, Rich, love you madly, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thanks for much having love, me. Bro. Much love. All right, so that's Rich. You know, he warned you. You know, he was right. Let's just say it all. If you're sitting at home in your lounge, if you're sitting in, let's just repeat after me and let's just say, Richard Hart was right. No, you put, no, you cut a TikTok of that. All right, let's go. So we now know that uh, Richard was right. A whole lot of the big funds misjudged SBF and they're all going to pay and they're all paying a huge price for it. The industry's going to pay a, a huge price for it. Um, the main thing for me is that regulators should have helped us. This is a big fall of, of the regulators. Because if the regulators were more clear in their regulation, then none of this would have happened. 
the reason why this happened is because you can set up an entity in the Bahamas where probably most of what SBF did wasn't actually illegal. I mean, it's probably not illegal. In fact, what we've got is we've got the Baham, I don't know how to say it, Bahamian, Bahamanian, Baham, how do you, how do you, how do you say it? It's, it's Bahamanian. So you got the Bahamanian police saying in light of the collapse of FTX globally and the provisional liquidation of FTX digital markets, a team of financial investigators from the financial crimes investigation in the Bahamas, okay, that's like being investigated in the Seychelles, are working closely with Bahamas Securities Commission to investigate if any criminal misconduct occurred. Okay, so that's, that's, that's like what we're getting. And what we're getting from the US regulators is probably now a lot of political pressure. So maybe there's, there's some light, there's some silver lining here. And the silver lining here is that we're going to get some political pressure. And actually, Hester Peirce, who, you know, we love her, she came out and, and she's been saying this. I don't know if you guys have been following her, but she's been saying this. Um, and I think she's right. I think the, the, the questions around lack of jurisdictional clarity are partly our fault because we've had opportunities. We've been asked time and again to provide more clarity about where our where our jurisdiction lies, and we've not done so. And, and that's part of the reason we that you all have the questions that you have right now. We've been unwilling to work with people in the industry and people who are interested in, in participating in the industry to develop guidelines that make sense for the industry. We've been We've instead preferred to take an approach that's rooted in enforcement. And often the enforcement actions come very late and they come after relatively small actors in the market. And do the hard work of thinking about what a framework would actually look like. It would certainly be helpful. So you see, so Hester Peirce is actually the only one that, that that's coming out and she's, and she's, uh, she's admitting that the failure here was actually the US government and the fact that they don't have regulation, the fact that they avoid uh, a regulation um, has probably got us into, into this. So the regulators aren't saving us. The people that are saving us is people like CZ. And what he did, as you know, was he set up a, a fund um, which, which is designed to save companies that lost their, their, their um, treasuries on FTX and companies that may go down because of the FTX collapse. So CZ is the one helping us. The regulators aren't helping us. You've got to ask yourself a question. Why aren't the regulators on Sam Bankman-Fried? Why aren't, why aren't the U.S. regulators on Sam Bankman-Fried? And I, I think in this case, I, I agree with Elon. I agree with Elon here. Because Elon said that the reason why it's not happening, while Biden and the gang has been harassing and threatening Elon Musk and his companies, one of the worst scams in modern finance are being perpetuated under the nose of the regulator. And the reason why they're not being investigated is because SBF was a major dem democratic donor. So obviously there's going to be no investigation uh, as a result. Of so that's the story. I mean, that, that, that's the story. We're going to look at whether SBF was working alone, but let's talk about FTX holders and, and not FTX holders, but people that had money in FTX. Let's talk about how much money you can expect to get back. So there have been lots of uh, uh, um, uh, investigations into the FTX balance sheet and stuff like that. And the reality is that if you look at the FTX balance sheet, the day before the bankruptcy, they had $900 million in liquid assets against $9 billion of custom assets. So already it doesn't look like, like a very good picture. And then there's this whole balance sheet that's been going around, which is apparently the balance sheet that SPF was working with. And if you take all of this and you add this all up and then you add the hack to it, 
Okay, so they claimed to have about, on Friday, about 2 billion, but unfortunately suffered a hack on the inside job with estimated losses of 500 million. That leaves them with about $1.5 billion of assets against $8.8 billion of liability, which would give creditors a, a rate of about 17%, 17 cents in the dollar. But I think that's hopeful. I think that if you do have or did have money in FTX, you're probably going to get a lot less than um, than 17 cents in the dollar, a lot less than 17 cents in the dollar. And unfortunately, I think it's going to take a long time to for this to happen. So I think it's going to be, I think you're going to be around for a long time. So if you, I think if you've got money on FTX, I think write it off. I don't think you're getting that money back. I, I know it's probably not something that you want to hear. I know it's something that's not pleasant to hear. We did try and warn you guys. We, we, we begged you guys to take your money off FTX. We begged and begged and begged. I, I sent out that thing and I said, this tweet is financial advice. Get your money off FTX. I was threatened with legal action by multiple funds and uh, VC funds and stuff like that. And I stood my guard trying to protect you guys. And if you didn't get your money off, well, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to see much money. I think you might see you might see five cents in the dollar. And I just want to give you some perspective that Mount Gox was eight years ago. It was in 2014. And Mount Gox still hasn't been resolved. Okay, so that's that, That's where it's at. There is good news. I'm going to give you some good news at the end of the show. I promise you, really good news. All right, let's look at who's behind SBF because I did tweet this on um, on the weekend and I didn't want to talk too much about... Um, I didn't want to talk too much about it. And the reason why I don't want to talk too much about it is because I wanted someone to break the news first. And the reason why I wanted someone to break the news first is because the people that are behind FTX are very, very, very legally strong and legally exposed. In fact, one of the people that is allegedly, and I say the word allegedly because this is, you know, you know, we, we, we have to say the word allegedly because otherwise it sounds like we're defaming someone when we're not actually defaming someone because we're just allegedly saying what the internet said. So, you know, in this case, we haven't done any of our own research. We're just counting on articles from the internet. So it's just alleged. Um, you know, so we're just reading what other people are saying on the internet. Um, because, you know, we would never want to defame someone at all. And, and other people have actually spoken about it before. But, you know, allegedly there is this guy called um, uh, Daniel. He, there is this guy called Daniel Friedberg. And Daniel Friedberg is the guy that was allegedly, allegedly behind uh, Ultimate Bet Scandal. Now, if you know anything about the Ultimate Bet Scandal, Ultimate Bets was a, a poker site specific. There was a, a gambling site specifically around poker. They had this thing in the in in the, in the system which was called guard mode, and in guard mode they could see players' cards on the table. And what they did was they created this back door, and they would watch players' cards and they'd play against players. And you had no chance because you'd see the other players' cards, and you'd see when the other players are bluffing. And this guy, who is the um, was behind this allegedly, of course, we're just reading an article from the internet because you know that's just what we do. Um, revealed that Daniel Friedberg has direct ties to the scandal and he was also the counsel for FTX. So um, the, he, he was also counsel to FTX and, 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 and Alameda at some point. And allegedly, allegedly, I mean, very allegedly, and again, it's not according to us, it's according to uh, these articles over here, um, he was one of the people behind this. And he's the first person that was allegedly behind this, allegedly, allegedly, um, behind this. Um, so it says here, anyone, and this is not me, anyone know um, if FTX regulatory office is the same, Daniel Friedberg, 
who was an attorney at Ultimate Bet during the cheating scandal? If so, not surprised. And in this case, what you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself the following. If you are known to have committed a big criminal offense and a big criminal scandals, allegedly, allegedly, um, at Ultimate Betting, and you're a lawyer, how can you still be allowed to be a lawyer? And that just shows you that Daniel Friedberg is probably not working alone. He's working with a lot of people that have a lot of political ties. Now, we know some of it. We're not going to be the ones to break it. And the reason why I don't want to be the one to break it is because I think that in this case, the implications for breaking it are much bigger than being sued. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm saying... We have leads as to who we think it is. It's people right at the top. It's people that you would never believe. Some of them are people that are supposed to be assisting, assisting with the regulation of the space um, and haven't been doing a great job. And that's all I'm going to say for now, uh, just because uh, I'm going to let somebody else break the story because then I can just read it off the internet instead of actually, instead of actually breaking, instead of actually breaking the news. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've got, in this case, I think we're going to be very, very, very careful. We're going to be very careful here because th th this is not um, this is not messing around. This is not messing around. This is this is serious stuff. That's serious, serious stuff, and we're not we're not going to mess around. It'll come out in due course, and it'll come out soon, very, very, very soon. Because we know somebody else is going to publish the story um, soon, 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 soon. Just just watch out. Just look. I okay. I'm not saying anymore. Let's just move on to the next story. Um, the next story is actually all about exchanges and other exchanges that are rumored to also be in trouble. And I think before we start the story, it doesn't matter which exchanges are going to go get into trouble. If you're following the golden rule of not keeping money on exchanges, guys, you shouldn't be keeping money on exchanges. I know everyone will be saying, not your keys, not your coins. Exchanges are exactly the opposite reason of why we got into this industry. We got into this industry because we wanted to have control over our own money so that we could, our money couldn't be seized, so that our money couldn't be lost by other centralized players. And if you have money in exchange, you're defeating, you're defeating the, the purpose of that. And we've seen some of the failures, and potentially there could be other failures. People are talking about potential failures of people like Huobi, Gate.io, Crypto.com. Crypto.com, as I said, I'm not a big supporter of Crypto.com because I just don't understand why, where they have so much money from. And that's the thing. We now need to be asking a lot more questions than we were asking previously. Why are people doing shady shit? If there's smoke, maybe there's fire. You don't want to be involved. Get your money out of the exchanges. Even if you think that an exchange is good, even if you Binance, okay, let's Binance probably the best exchange out there. Why keep your money on Binance? Why? Get a custodial, a non-custodial wallet and store your own money. And then you are immune to this. We watched the, the FTX collapse go down. And I felt for all the people who didn't, who didn't read my tweet. 20,000 people liked my tweet. I hope you're one of those 20,000 people that actually got money off the exchanges. And now we're seeing a lot of smoke around crypto.com. The first bit of smoke is that they sent $1 billion to SBF and FTX before the collapse. And people are, are concerned that maybe they sent a billion dollars because Sam convinced them that they needed a billion dollars. The CEO was on a space, on a, uh, on a stream earlier today. This is what he had to say. Why did you send nearly $1 billion in stable coins to FTX? And were those $1 billion recovered? First of all, people should always look at uh, funds over on both sides, right? 
uh, over a year, uh, a billion uh, dollars was moved to, uh, uh, to FTX uh, and we recovered all of this. We only had exposure of under $10 million when FTX shut down. And uh, FTX was uh, a trading venue where this is one of the... Why? Okay, so he claims that he defended and they only lost about $10 million. They also... Okay, get this, get this, get this. You know when you're doing a massive Bitcoin transfer from one wallet to another, how many times do you check the address? When you're sending, say, like half a Bitcoin or one Bitcoin from one address to another, how many times do you check and recheck and double check and triple check? How many times do you do that? A lot. So let me ask you a question. If, Carl, if you were moving $400 million, do you think you could, by mistake, send it to James? No chance. Okay, wait, 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 wait. If you were transferring $40 million, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're transferring $4 million, okay, $400,000, $40,000, 4000 400 Okay, maybe at $400, you could make a mistake like that. They claim that they sent $40,000, $400 million. First thing I want to clarify is that every single address that we are that our systems uh, allow funds to be sent to is whitelisted and approved and pre-approved, and there is no way that systems can go to an address that we that we can't uh, control and and get the funds back from. So people were speculating that oh you know we had to go and ask Gate uh, Gate to return the funds funds to us. No, we, we we could just withdraw the funds and. Send it okay, back but that's cool. our so corporate account with them. That's fine. So you could withdraw the funds because you send it to your address at gate.io. But which asshole sends $400 million to the wrong address? You're not dealing with $40 that you're buying lunch money with. It's $400 million, which is funny because this is the time where people are calling for proof of reserve from one people, from one, from, from all the exchanges. And now all of a sudden we're getting these crazy transfers from one exchange to another. So look, I'm glad that people are asking for proof of reserve. And I think it's a, it's a very good uh, a, a space for proof of reserve. And you can see that on Nansen, you can see proof of reserve. The problem with proof of reserve as we currently see it is you can see how much assets they have, 63 billion. Like for example, Binance has $63 billion worth of assets if you're on Nansen. Okay, but it's, it's taking some time. But now it's got $41 billion because people have withdrawn, clever people. Which problem is we don't know what the liabilities are. So this is good because it shows you how much people uh, exchanges have got you, but it doesn't show you the liabilities. And the thing that we need to start talking about now is we need to start asking the right questions. When you see an exchange spending a lot of money on sports sponsorships, on stadium rights, on crazy campaigns, etc., ask yourself a question. What is the exchange's trading volume? Okay, CRO has 70 million users. Someone said that. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in the chat actually use CRO? Give me a yes or a no in the chat. Because I'll ask, Carl, do you use crypto.com? Yeah. James, do you use crypto.com? Got the card, never used it. Hold on. Fred, did you, Fred, do you use crypto.com? Nah. Okay. That, who uses crypto? You see, that's, Fred uses FTX, but he got all his money off FTX before the thing. You got to ask the questions. And you know what? You know what? Hold on a second. You, you want to ask the questions? That's cool. You don't want to ask the questions. You go to Nansen and you say, hold on, please show me the trading volume. Show me the trading volume for the exchange. And I want to show you something because it's, it's so simple to work this out. Look at crypto.com's trading volume in the last year. Okay. Their trading volume is under a billion dollars a day. On some days, it is 
$365 million, okay? This does not lie. It is on-chain trading volume. Look, here, look, 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 look. Now, compare that to a Binance. That's Binance's trading volume. Look how consistent it is between 40 billion and, okay, let's not talk about the highs because obviously this weekend was crazy, but $171 billion, okay? Look how consistent it is and look how high it is, okay? Okay, let's take another one, Bybit, because we do due diligence before we give you guys exchanges. Look at their trading volume. Okay, of course they're not Bybit, but their trading volume is consistently between eight and $10 billion and some, day, some days even higher. But you go to crypto.com and they are in the top exchanges, et cetera, and you look at their trading volume and they don't even do a billion dollars. People are saying show Coinbase. Okay, let's go show Coinbase. Coinbase has very, very high and very, very consistent uh, uh, exchange volume. Let, let, let's look at it. So you want to see Coinbase. Let's see if Coinbase is logged. Uh, Coinbase exchange. Here we go. Let's, go. let's check it out for this whole year, year to date. You'll see it's consistent. And it's two to three billion a day. Okay. We know that this is, we know that these exchanges are, are, are good. We have to ask the right question. Stop with the, stop putting the blinders over your eyes because you want to try and make money. You want to make, making money in a pump is one thing, but being able to keep it is something else. And it's time that as an industry, we ask the right questions. And you know what I'm happy about? I'm happy about the fact that people are finally starting to listen and people are finally starting to go into non-custodial wallets. Finally, congratulations to everyone for finally listening to this, not your keys, not your coins. I'm sorry that it took an event that is so bad to make you guys realize why we are in this space in the first place and to get your money off exchanges. And thankfully, you can see the total transfer volume from exchanges finally went up and people finally aren't storing their Bitcoin on exchanges. You can see that finally it went down, finally. And it should be much lower. Get your money off the exchanges. And when you use an exchange, ask the right questions. And let me tell you the truth. We do huge due diligence before they, we bring you an exchange. I cannot vouch for every exchange's safety. I cannot, because I don't know what happens after the due diligence. We've given you guys exchanges like Bybit. We've given you guys exchanges like KuCoin. We've recently given you guys exchanges like BitGate. We've given you guys exchanges like Binance. We did not give you, bring you FTX. We did not. We had a referral link for one or two days, and that referral link quickly disappeared because we had a fallout with, F with FTX, and our lucky stars were watching us, and we kept you guys safe. You can do basic due diligence by just looking at the trading volume. And that's why for me, when I look at crypto.com's trading volume, I say to myself, hold on, something is not right here. Their trading volume is close to zero, yet they're one of the biggest spending exchanges. So that is, that is um, and I'm glad that you guys are finally realizing it. Anyway, let's move on to some good news. The good news uh, people asking me, are you still bullish on GBTC? More than ever, more than ever now, because the the, pre, the discount is forty percent. All right, let's let's talk about some good news, okay? E guys, even the good exchanges, even the best exchanges, even KuCoin, Binance, uh, Bybit, which by the way I think is one of the best exchanges, don't keep your money on an exchange. You go, an exchange is like a whorehouse. You walk in, you do your business. You walk out. You don't stay there. You don't sleep there. You walk in. You do your hanky-panky business. Do you go get your dopamine rush? Do the trading that you're supposed to do. And then you pay your fees and you leave. You don't, you don't sleep there. 
and you don't leave your wallet there because if you do i mean it's if you do it's your problem it's gonna be your problem please i know it's i know it's crude i know it's crude but every time that you put your money onto an exchange just think that you're entering a whorehouse and that if you don't leave after you do what you're supposed to do the implications and the results could could haunt you for a long time because remember what happens in the whorehouse stays in the whorehouse except syphilis because that comes with you forever anyway let's just carry on okay people saying not funny i mean that's what it is okay um you want some good news let's talk about it that's the bad news that's the bad news okay finished that's the bad news okay when you go into an exchange you're walking into a whorehouse any exchange even the best exchange you walk into an exchange you are not, you, you 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 are you are walking into a whorehouse anyway true but you got it okay or house okay now let's talk about the good news the first but i'm going to give you 10 pieces of good news even more because i think we need good news because it's just one of those days so the first good news is one finally people are taking their money off exchanges and we can finally live this revolution like it's supposed to be lived in the revolution like it's supposed to be and that is we can finally decentralize our money finally people are waking up to the fact that this revolution is actually about decentralized money finally people are saying we don't want to go into the whorehouses and finally people are going to the dexes what do you know it took ftx to collapse for people to realize that actually the better place to trade is places like gmx and so what's happened to gmx GMX has done an average fee per day. Get this. An average fee per day of a million dollars. A million dollars. Finally, people have woken up to the fact that we are here because we actually want decentralized exchanges. And if you look at the price of GMX, GMX is trading at $40. That's almost at its all-time high. Almost. Why? Because people are, start, are finally starting to wake up as to why we're here. And you know what we're going to do? We here are going to make sure that our slant is on supporting only decentralized stuff. And we're going to move away from supporting the centralized stuff. We do need centralized exchanges because they act as the gateway between Web 2 and Web 3. But the decentralized exchanges is ultimately where this whole movement lands up. And you can see it that some people are finally moving into uh, uh, decentralized exchanges. That's not the only thing. Look at the user numbers into DeFi. Finally, people are moving into DeFi because they realize that you've got to get your money out of centralized place. That's the first bit of good news. Amazing. Well done. Excellent news. But guys, on a, on a much more serious note, there's a lot of other good news that I want to talk about. Um, okay, so the first thing is that people are finally listening. The second thing is um, CZ did an AMA. I think I agree with him. When he says, look, the worst is over. It's like a tsunami. We've had the big wave and the rest of the waves are just like side effects, much smaller little ripples. And he compared it to Luna and Three Arrows Capital and said, look, the, the heart of it was, 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 was Three Arrows Capital, uh, uh, Luna. And then th there were smaller ripples after it, Celsius, Three Arrows Capital. So I think the worst is over. And so that, that's the second bit of good news. The third bit of good news is that a lot of people are finally seeing Bitcoin for what it is. 
And what they're seeing is that regardless of what's happened around the Bitcoin and Ethereum ecosystems, the blockchains are continuing to mine blocks. And even the biggest names in the world, Elon says Bitcoin will make it. Naib Bukele, he says that FTX is the opposite of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's protocol was created precisely to prevent Ponzi schemes, bank run, Enron's, World, uh, Worldcom's, Bernie Madoff, Sam Bankman-Tweets, bailouts and wealth reassignment. Some understand it and some not yet. We're still early. And I think I agree with the sentiment. What failed us here was centralized players trying to bring Web2 centralized model into a decentralized space. And that is what failed us here. DeFi hasn't stopped working for one second. Ethereum hasn't stopped working for one second. Bitcoin hasn't stopped working for one second. Even Solana hasn't stopped working for one second. Someone says, check Jim Cramer's tweet. We'll check Jim Cramer's tweet just now. So that's the other bit of good news. You want some more good news? Someone's saying check Jim Cramer. Okay, let me check Jim Cramer's tweet. I hope it's worth it. Seriously, you're interrupting my, you're interrupting this, this, this uh, commercial. You're interrupting this to check Jim Cramer's tweet. Which tweet? Seriously? Okay, I, so think, I think someone's referring to his appearance on Squawkbox, which I saw earlier. I'll, I'll drop the link in the group. You'll drop the link for me. All right, let's carry on. The next bit of good news. You know what happened in, in the midst of all of this? In the midst of all this, the darkest time that you and I have ever seen in crypto? You know what happened in the midst of all of this? I'll tell you what happened in the midst of all of this. People started to accumulate Bitcoin exponentially. People bought the dip. On-chain data does not lie. This is the number of addresses in Bit on Bitcoin with number of addresses, addresses that have balances. And look at this. Look what happened when the market started to collapse. People started to buy like absolute crazy. Okay. So here, you can see it over here. Here is the, here is the addresses over here. Up, up, up like crazy over here. Exponentially up, which is amazing. People took their money off exchange. You want some more good news? Let me tell you, let me give you some more good news. ETH, in this whole carnage, we forgot that ETH actually became deflationary. Remember we said that when, when finally blockchain is used, there's going to be a supply squeeze on Ethereum. Look at Ethereum. Ethereum is now truly deflationary. If you look since the merge, since the merge, 5,705 ETH have been destroyed. Much more have been destroyed, but the net effect is that we are now minus 5,705 ETH, which means, which is another massive, uh, another massive amount of good news. And that's why ETH is holding up so well because it's, 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 it's now become sound money. So that's some more good news. Let me give you some more good news on the macro front. Look at the Dixie. The Dixie is under 107. The Dixie has printed a lower high and a lower low, multiple lower highs. One, two, three. We got an inflation reading on, on last week. Inflation has come down to 7.7%. That is huge. That is huge. We've, we, we lost sight of it because we were too busy dealing with FTX. But there is good news. The Dixie's down. Inflation's down. Joe Biden's proposal to, to relieve student debt and and effectively put $500 million into the market, that's gone. That's finished. That's gone. That's not happening. 
It was, it was, it was denied by a judge. So there's a lot that's going on around us, which is, which is very, very positive. So listen, I know that this has been a tough time and I know it feels like the world collapsed. And to be honest, it did, to be honest, what we saw last week was unprecedented. Even I, th I think it's probably as big as Bernie Madoff, Bernie Madoff style. And I think we're still going to hear about all the implications. We're going to hear about how Sam Bankman-Fried resc rescued BlockFi and Voyager only because he wanted access to the customer funds so that he could he could he could grow his Ponzi. I think we're going to, in time, find out that Sam Bankman-Fried is one of the biggest criminals in history, and it's not him acting alone. It's allegedly some other people. Some, I mean, allegedly a guy called Dan Friedberg and allegedly some other people who are supposed to be regulating and protecting us, but, but aren't, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So we will find out probably in the next, hopefully 48, maybe 72 hours. We'll find out. We'll find out exactly what the story is. The good news is that right now, there are bigger opportunities in this industry than there were three months ago. This collapse has destroyed the whole town and someone has to rebuild it. And if you're here, then you can invest in the rebuilders and you can invest in them at very, very, very low prices. And I'm not telling anyone to buy anything now because that's for another show for another time. Now it's not, you know, you got to read the room, even though I am buying myself, I'm, re I'm reading the room and I, I don't think you guys want to buy this today, but I am telling you that the fundamentals of this industry held up very, very, very well. Bitcoin is decentralized, continued to print blocks every 10 minutes. Ethereum did the same. DeFi went huge. The fundamentals are in order. What failed us were the centralized players in the decentralized space. And the sooner we get these people out of the industry, the sooner we can operate this industry like it's supposed to be operated for the benefit of people who don't want to deal with centralized entities. And that is what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to be focusing on migrating users onto decentralized platforms. We're going to be focusing on not, not buying and therefore not talking about as much the centralized players who are coming here to create Web 2, Finance 2 in the Finance 3 world. We'll only do that when we think it's important. Like we think that centralized exchanges, unfortunately, are very, very, very important because they are the gateway between Web 2 and Web 3. But once you're in, then you should learn to use a non-custodial wallet. And we'll help you guys set up non-custodial wallets. We'll set, help you guys do some non-custodial wallets. Uh, we're also making an announcement in a couple of seconds. I, I think so. I just want to see if it's ready. I'm actually just looking at my phone. Okay. If you go to my Twitter, in the next 10 minutes... I'm going to release an announcement because I said to you guys, that I'm going to try and help wherever I can. I'm going to try and help victims, people who had money in FTX. You know, I always try not. Even though I lost money myself, you know, a big holder of Solana. And I, I mean, I hold a whole lot of stuff that, that crashed. I care about you guys. I care about the community first. So in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to drop you guys a link. People who are affected by FTX we are going to do the first cohort of sniper school for people who lost money on FTX. So if you verify that you lost money on FTX, then you will get automatic entry into the first sniper school, which starts immediately, immediately 
On Sunday, you will have your first live session with Sheldon. Before that, you've got one or two lessons that you have to complete. The second thing that I've done is I've spoken to our partners at Bybit, and I'm speaking to our partners at some of the other exchanges, but for now, I've got an agreement from Bybit, and what they have said is that they will create a special sign-up bonus, which is double the sign-up bonus um, for anybody that was affected by FTX. And I don't know how they are going to try and verify this, but there is a link below which does it. I'm saying this to you guys again. We've done the due diligence on our partner exchanges, but we cannot vouch for the fact that they're going to last and be there forever because we don't have access to what we don't have access to. If you're going to trade on a centralized exchange, and we have to at this stage, you treat it like a whorehouse. You walk in, you do your business, you walk out, and you take your money and your wallet with you. That's the end of it. So listen, look at my... Look at my Twitter in less than 10 minutes. I just typed the tweet. And the first thousand people who tick the box and say, all you have to do is tick a box and be honest about it, that you were affected by FTX. And then you're in. But there's only space for a thousand. There's only, only space for a thousand people. And by the way, it's absolutely free. So for those of you who, who think we're shilling, it's free. It's free education done out of the goodness of Sheldon's heart. Okay, like... The guy's going to come here on weekends, okay? People who are here, followers, will get into sniper school too. Just go on and just click if you were affected or not, and you guys will be fine, okay? Uh, someone says, have some respect for whorehouses. I don't know which whorehouses you go to, bro. All right, listen. Um, glad to be back. Oh, hold on. There is some news here I just saw. Vitalik has sold. Vitalik sold $4 million worth of ETH. Okay, probably he's buying a house. I mean, everybody calm down. I mean, come on, come on, come on. Vitalik's just crazy. All right, follow me on Twitter at CryptoManRun. Uh, I'm going to drop that tweet in a couple of seconds. See you guys again, maybe even later. I mean, I'm live all the time. I will be live with Mario on his uh, Twitter spaces in a bit uh, too. So I'll see you guys there. Until then, stay safe. Not your keys, not your coins. Exchanges are whorehouses. Love you guys madly. <laughs> <laughs>